Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? Going good. Going uh, well. Um, so yeah, this is the uh, this will be last uh, gaming talk for the year because we've had the Game Awards and uh, there's not going to be much else to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we've got uh, yeah the Game Awards to go through. Obviously, our impressions of what we've been playing recently, and uh, talk about the winners and all that type of stuff. Uh, so, what have you been playing um, this week? I decided to bounce around between a bunch of games. I uh, downloaded and installed Pentiment, which I talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Um, it kind of caught my eye with the art style. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really get that far into the game. Um, I, it's not really a hard and fast rule that I have, but with games, I always feel like I have to be playing a game, not just kind of pushing a button to watch a movie. And that's how kind of how that game is. Um, it's not bad. I mean, if you like narrative games, it definitely falls into that category. But even with like <clears throat> the Telltale games, like with Walking Dead and all the other you know games like that. You still have parts where you feel like you're playing a game. The Pentiment never felt like that. It felt like I was reading a book and pushing A every now and then to uh, turn the page. Uh, so then I installed uh, Warhammer Darktide, which was hitting a few people that I follow on uh, Twitch. They were playing it, so it kind of caught my eye. played through the uh, tutorial, tried playing a couple missions. It's very much a uh, Left for Dead, but with the Warhammer world. So, you know, kind of tapped out of that just because it's not a single-player game. It's a four-person co-op. And if you got four people that, you know, can play it regularly, I'm sure it'll be a great experience for them. Just not my game. Mm-hmm. And then I got a notification saying that a new biome opened up in Valheim. So now I'm back on the Valheim kick. Cool. Nice. When you said biome, I thought you were about to say... um Returnal, I think that's what uh, they've. I think that's what those levels are called in Returnal as well. The six well, biomes. Biome. I, 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 thought you were, a... I thought you were about to say you were to start playing Returnal, uh, which would have yeah. which would have been a surprise. So no, biome is a very old term. It just generally refer, refers to an area that has a very distinct, yeah, um, geographical thing to it. So mm-hmm. the first time I ever heard the term in video games was actually Minecraft. Because you oh. got the, the woods biome and the desert biome and the ocean biome and things like that. And so that's just generally a term that people use now. So Yeah, yeah. I think biomes, uh, I've most recently heard that in Returnal, so that's why it kind of jumped into my mind. But um, you don't have a PS5 anyway, so you wouldn't be playing Returnal, I suppose. Um, but I was like, is Robert about to say he's been playing Returnal? That would be a bit of a left field kind of thing. So Yeah, and tomorrow, uh, High on Life goes live <coughs> on Xbox, so that... It's something I'm going to be playing too, because just out of sheer curiosity for it. Cool, cool. Um, for me, uh, finished. Well, I finished it last week. God of War Ragnarok, um, which we'll be talking about in this show, of course, in the awards section, in the in the winners section for the game awards. Um, already put my review out. I think I already mentioned this all last week, but just a recap in case uh, those of you who are new. Um, and God of War is very much still in the discussion right now. So I uh, recently reviewed that. Um, finished yesterday a Playtale Requiem, which I've not put my review review out for yet because I uh, only finished it last night. But um, and I want to take some time to because uh, I kind of appro- I kind of approach film, TV, and game reviews a bit differently. 
and everybody's got their own way of doing it right but for me if i've just finished like a 22 hour game or something like like a plague tale i need some time to sit down because the the other thing the other difference obviously with reviewing a game as opposed to a tv and film is i have to consider um the gameplay side of things and obviously you know haptic feedback and all that type of stuff as opposed to just was this a good piece of tv or film you know um so you have a more than one thing to kind of consider there but um i just just say i I loved it um i was i I was surprised by a plague tale in certain ways two games i would say you know when you look at games sometimes and you think this game is like this other game and these other games the two that i would kind of say is this game is like if you put hellblade and the last of us i wouldn't say specifically one or two but just just the themes within um and obviously like the decayed sort of plagued world as well um very much it very much fits within that wheelhouse i'm not saying this is better or worse than uh last of us or, or hellblade they're, they're all those three games are very good at um doing the different things obviously i think last of us is the best of those three but i still still really enjoyed hellblade um and yeah there's certainly the the sort of darker story themes within them but i i, I mean i wouldn't really describe a play tale as like hellblade and last of us had a baby I, I don't know how accurate that kind of is um but that's that's the feeling i i kind of walked away with but i thought it was a fe- special experience there were some things that bugged me about the gameplay there's something i want to mention actually in a minute about movement in third person games because there's something that sort of clicked in my brain um when i was when i was playing this game i'll, I'll mention it now actually <coughs> i find with um and this also applies to Last of Us in certain ways, shapes and forms. I find sometimes with... Because this only really applies to third person. Not necessarily over the shoulder or like whatever. Just just games that are third person. Um, so things like you know Gears of War, Tomb Raider, Last of Us, Hellblade, Callisto Protocol. Whatever you want to talk about. Where... Um, I'll be in the midst of doing something. So whether it's like solving a puzzle or just generally navigating the area or if it's to do with combat i i sort of noticed within and i don't know how i haven't noticed this before because i do really like third person games you've got like uncharted as well and there's there's dozens i could name but something that just kind of like and this isn't a play tale specific problem this isn't a specific problem to to that game because i like i said i noticed it in other games is when you're walking next to a wall or just a surface it it can be like a vehicle that's height level to the character obviously different characters are different heights but something where like um a character that you're controlling in third person walks next to a wall and they get not stuck but they sort of characters sort of like awkwardly brush up against a wall or a surface or, or it could be a desk or you know something like that so something that's like next to them but it has to be like it can't be something that's waist height because that doesn't really apply to because m- most things in waist height in third person games you can just vault over um so that doesn't really apply in that way what something i would like and I, I i don't know if any game developers do listen to this podcast i doubt it but you never know i've I've had people email me out of the blue that have been like part of productions of things i'm like oh wow that person's listening to to to, to this episode um so you never know but um just a note for a- any game that's third person going forward 
Something I'd like characters to start doing, and there can be different levels and different adjustments to this, and it depends on what you're specifically doing. I want characters to start putting their hands against the wall, and not like springing themselves off of it, but just just push themselves away from the wall, and just have like a have like an animation. Because like, I can sort of visualize in my head what I'd want to happen, but I don't know how best to describe it. But some sort of like animation or mechanic to where like a character notices I'm walking not into a wall not like running into a wall but I'm walking against the wall and I don't want to scrape next to it or something so for a character to in their mind obviously it would have to be animated into the game to put whether it's a left hand right hand whatever side it is to put their hand against the wall and just push themselves off the wall a little bit I would just and maybe there's a certain way like with analog sticks that you could sort of I don't know um if there's like an axis or something as to what direction they'd push themselves off in. But I just like that there's certain points in, in the Plague Tale where I was running or something. And instead of like, because I would be, because when you run in the Plague Tale, it's a little bit tank control, little bit. And I would notice a lot of times, like if I'm running away from the rats or from people that are trying to hunt down Amicia or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I'm about to collide into the wall. I know she's not going to bounce off of the wall and bump into it. She's just going to stop. So what I would want the character to do um, is recognise, okay, I'm walking or running towards the wall. I'm going to use my hand and just push myself off against it. Just a little animation that just that just guides a character off the wall a bit more. Because um, a lot of times in Playtale when I was running away from something and I'd realise, okay, I'm going to run into the wall. I would let go of the run button, turn around a little bit. And then continue running. But it would kind of like stop the momentum. Um, does, is what I'm saying here kind of make any sense? I, if you understand what I what I sort of mean? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there's only so much that you can do within games. I mean, that is something that somebody would have to write and code and animate and program into it. Um, and it is kind of a small thing. Mm. But I do get that. It's part of that Uncanny Valley thing. To where when characters kind of look too real, it freaks people out. That's kind of an animation that people, if they saw it, they'd be like, whoa, that's kind of weird. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd, have to, you'd have to animate it correctly. And there's so many different environments in these types of games. So, And you'd have to make it so that, like, I don't know, would there be a spot in a game where the character's arm would go through the wall or, you know, something like that. So, But uh, it, was, it was just a little thing that I noticed that kind of, like didn't ruin my experience but kind of thought you know if i'm sitting here and seeing what this trying to see you know how this game could be better that's that's one of the ways possibly anyway um that aside um uh yeah it was it was a great game um i don't know how much here i want to say about it but um it was it was really really good it was one, one of the best experiences i've had with the game i don't know if it's one of the best games i've played i'm gonna have to think about that a bit more which is why i haven't done the the review yet um plus that was only like 24 hours ago so uh so that will be uh later this week maybe early next week or something so we'll see um that's pretty much the stuff i've been playing i'm going to move on to uh kirby next or move back on to kirby and then i've had uh, midnight suns sent over um the only other thing i played and I, I i don't feel like i've really played enough of it to give it judgment is um during the game awards and slightly before uh they announced that the forspoken demo 
is on i think it's on ps4 and ps5 but i'm not completely sure it's on ps5 anyway the free forespoken demo um so i tried a bit of that by the way if you want to find this demo it's a little bit harder than what you might expect because you might think oh playstation store demos and it'll be there it wasn't um if you go on to uh go on to the normal go on to the playstation store go on to the normal like the standard version pre-order version of um forespoken then if you click on the little three dots next to the purchase and wishlist button that will bring up a menu where it gets you to select different versions there it says like deluxe edition and all that sort of stuff it says for spoken demo within that menu and then you click on that and then you download it so unless you click on that three little button dot thing you won't find it which I mean we don't have a lot of demos in this day and age for for, for games like hardly ever apart from betas but that's like a different thing um so yeah I, I i tried it out i haven't actually finished the demo yet because I, I was looking at some videos and it, they were all coming up of like 30 minutes that this demo was i played it for about 40 minutes i hadn't finished it it's obviously this game isn't coming out till like february something so there is still time i think it's got some decent ideas behind it it was a bit rough though um and i say this as somebody for those who don't know i have thought that what we've seen so far for for, for, uh, for spoken has looked pretty good. Um, some people have said about you know the dialogue and things like that, but um, that that's fair enough. Um, it it was it was an odd thing to to kind of jump into, but I had kind of gone like almost straight from uh, Plague Tale into this, so maybe I needed to sort of I don't know like I hadn't adjusted myself to it or something. But there there's ideas that I can see working. Um, one of the strange things about this demo i think it's because of the structure of it as well it tells you how to attack and light attack it doesn't really tell you how to do anything else and in a game like this which is another third person game you would kind of most of the time in these games press l2 to aim press r2 to shoot something or if you want to shoot from the hip or something you just press r2 but you have two different sets of powers. Actually, you have more than two different sets of powers. One is like a strong attack on L2 that will have like things that come out the ground and stuff. And one is on R2, which will be like your blast sort of powers. I couldn't really work out like how to aim at enemies. It was it, it was quite strange, but the game doesn't really... Because you start the game and it says like, um, do you want a tutorial? And I was like, yeah, because I have no idea how to play this game. Um... And then all it kind of says is like, hey, here's how you do light and heavy attack. And then that's kind of it. And then it tells you later how to dodge. Um, and you can do this like special sprint kind of thing. So I, I thought it was fine. It was just the trouble with like, okay, these attacks that I'm doing are kind of cool. But I'm not really hitting anything because the game hasn't really explained. Um, like it's got a different type of auto aim system. It, 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 was, a bit, it was a bit strange. So um overall my overall thoughts after like 40 minutes of this game um in certain parts it was kind of rough but it's it's got some good ideas i just think it would have been it also puts you into this clearly sort of mid-game part um where she's got like tons of powers i think she's called Faye, the main character she's got tons of powers you don't know what like any of them do um it basically just like flings you into the middle of the game and it's like hey here's how to do a couple of things good luck so I almost feel like the demo lets the game down in in a way. Um, have you seen anything from the first spoken demo?
at all? Uh, <clears throat> no, I haven't. I don't know if they're doing a demo on PC or not. Um, that would be the only way that I could play it, because you said PS4 and PS5 uh, yeah. specifically, but you didn't say anything about uh, Xbox or PC, so I don't know if it's a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, no, I haven't seen any information about Xbox for this. So, um, But yeah, check your... Co- I doubt it's on Switch. Um, speaking of Switch, um, did did you have that Call of Duty news? That you, cause oh. you, you messaged me about it. Um, yeah, basically what it is is that Microsoft has entered into a partnership um, with Nintendo for some games. So you're going to get Call of Duty on Switch, which is not something I had on my 2022 uh, bingo card. Let me pull up the article here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so as, as, a, as a COD player... Um, you say to me Call of Duty on Switch and my brain just goes no <laughs> like I mean even like I remember when Modern Warfare 2 was coming out and COD will eventually leave behind PS4 and Xbox One it, it will have to but even like looking at PS4 and thinking okay this game running on PS4 is like eh it, it will be alright but it won't be great but you bring Switch into the equation um I I can't imagine play like um <laughs> trying to trying to play COD with like Joy Cons. That's just that that just doesn't no nah, that that doesn't work in my in my head. Um yeah. So like like from a performance standpoint and like how quick and intense the game is. Um and Switch is able to handle some decent games, but new COD games is just something different unless you want to do like cod 4 remastered or something from 2007 i i I don't know so uh, anyway did you find the article yeah um microsoft and nintendo have come to a deal that will bring activision blizzard best-selling video game franchise call of duty to nintendo gaming platforms for 10 years part of a recent push from microsoft to reassure regulators who are lining up to oppose microsoft's 69 billion dollar acquisition of activision the deal is subject to an extension, Xbox chief Phil Spencer says. He told Bloomberg and a similar offer to Sony has been offered on the same day, but so far that offer has been rebuffed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft is committed to helping bring more people, more games to people, however they choose to play, Spencer said on Twitter. So apparently the 10-year deal Microsoft offered to both uh, Sony and Nintendo. Nintendo took it. Sony's just like, you know, F you, I'm going home. Right, yeah. Um, I just no. So somebody says Call of Duty on Switch. I just go no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> That's just not gonna. I I just don't. I I can't see it. Like, I mean, they'll make it work somehow. But um, just no. Uh, what what do you what do you think of that idea? Ah, uh, all I can think of is I've seen seeing all the rage quit videos of people chucking their controllers. And those Joy Cons are not built for that. And then I have that weird image of people actually chucking a switch. And I'm just like, oh dear God. Yeah, yeah. Joy Cons are gonna gonna be broken. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know how the switch is gonna handle that game. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe I could be. I'm not on the on the dev team. So, but yeah, we'll see uh, how that goes. But my brain just my brain says no. My brain just says no to that. So. 
um, but it might happen. Anyway, that's what we've been playing, and a little slice of slice of news there. Let's get into housekeeping, and then we're going to get into how we're going to do this. Is um, I just jotted down the stuff I remembered, the stuff that was noteworthy. Obviously, there was a ton of stuff shown off at Game Awards. Um, so I've got my notes, and then Robert can do your notes if there's anything I missed or anything you want to talk about. And after we've gone through all that, we can go through the winners of the Game Awards themselves, and then finish up with some emails, like we usually do. Uh, so anyway, let's do some housekeeping, then some news, and we'll see you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, finally got round to seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which you can watch on Disney+, Plus. pretty sure in the UK and the US, because it's a Disney Plus original. This is sort of like a bridge between um, Guardians 2, or the last time we saw the Guardians, and uh, the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Gave that a must-see rating, uh, very much enjoyed that. It's a good time, it's a good time with the Guardians. Um, so we'll see what happens with them in the future. That's available on Disney Plus, as I mentioned. Uh, big podcast we did last week: uh, the Walking Dead series wrap up, kind of. 
Um, there's obviously the spin-offs coming out that uh, most of us know about. The Daryl one, the um, somehow Maggie and Negan one, and the one that we're all looking forward to, which is Rick and Michonne. We do have plans to cover those shows in the future, but the main Walking Dead show uh, has now finished with a series finale, and we did uh, spend, spend, spend some time in the episode doing some comic book comparisons, all that type of stuff, so... Um, that was that for The Walking Dead. Um, but of course, for zombie stuff in the very near future, uh, we will we will of course be covering the Last of Us TV show, which will be on the fifteenth for us, sixteenth of January. I think the week before we're planning on doing a, a preview podcast, where I'm sure I'll have plenty to say. So uh, look out for all that in the future. Uh, gaming talk last week, we talked about the new Mario trailer. There was another one shown off. I, I don't really have anything to say about the new Mario trailer, but uh, some Mario trailers we've had, the Game Wars predictions, and we talked about Starfield. Um, speaking of my God of War review, like I said, I gave a don't skip racing review to God of War Ragnarok. Spoiler free, spoiler split. Uh, our actual review for the series finale of The Walking Dead, so season 11, episode 24. So if you want our thoughts on specifically the finale, talked about all of that. Um, Avatar is coming out soon. I don't know when I'll be able to actually watch that because I don't know if I've got time right now for a three-hour film <laughs> and a cinema trip and all that. So, um, hopefully it's out for quite a while. I mean, they're going to need the money back on that because that's going to cost a lot of money. So, um, yeah, I'll review that at some point. But Avatar, Way of the Water is not a review. I did a preview podcast, My Expectations and Thoughts, based on the trailers and stuff. Must see a review for Smile. Uh, don't skip review for Nola Holmes 2. Must must see review, review for A24's X. And that is pretty much what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, before we get into the news, one thing I wanted to announce, uh, just a small little kind of thing. Um, if you're not familiar with what we do in January, what I've done for the last two years in January, I've got a little mini-series which I only do in January called A Month of Positive Creators. I've not recorded the episode yet, I'm going to be doing that next week. Um, but all four content creators, because there's four weeks in January, so I pick one per week uh, and then spread the episodes out that way. I've done it last year and I did it the year before when I did the first one. Um, I've selected all four content creators. I'm not going to say who they are or give any hints. It's going to be a nice surprise. Um, but yes, they've all been chosen. So I'm going to be recording those episodes uh, next week. So look out for those. Anyway, that's it for the housekeeping and all that type of stuff. Let's get into some news and the Game Awards. See you in a minute. Um, one other thing we want to drop in here, I just remembered this was actually in my notes, it's in the title as well. I didn't manage to find time for the specific information for this, uh, but this is to do with the Activision Blizzard acquisition, which Microsoft is still trying to do, and trying to convince everybody that it's a good idea. Uh, the FTC, um, has filed a lawsuit against them attempting to block the acquisition. Uh, did you manage to find out specifics for this at all? Um, because I, I, I... Admittedly, didn't find because this, this only dropped, um, like right before, right after the game awards or something. Um, attempting to to block this this uh, acquisition. Yeah, it was um, roughly around it. I mean, yeah, the only articles that I've found have been like severely legalese, so I don't really understand them that much. But it's one of those things that, um, I do understand the purpose 
of Mm -hmm. what the FTC does as a regulatory commission. I just don't trust them is the thing. Um, It's been proven with a lot of stuff that's come out recently that there's very much a biases with several different things. And it's one of those things that you just, you have to assume that it has nothing to do with the actual business of anything. It's just political a-holes being political a-holes for lack of a better term. So, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, with the the acquisition still, I still want it to happen. Um, I think the direction Activision is going in is not a good one. It's not been a good one for, I'd say, about two years, roughly. Um, both with the... There's two different parts to it. Both with the, obviously, the harassment towards the employees that we talked about, what, a year or so ago, uh, which is probably still being dealt with and ongoing. Obviously, you've got Bobby Kotich, who's the problematic person, uh, more than just him, but he's one of the people, and obviously he's the CEO of the company, so um, a lot of that falls on him. Um, but also just the studio mismanagement as well, which um, won't be on everyone's mind, because not everybody pays attention to all those games, but um, which also kind of falls under Bobby Kotich, because again, he's the guy in charge. So um, And obviously other people as well, but um, I, I just like... I can just envision i mean people have said some stuff about like phil spencer and that but i I, th- I think he's trying to do something good with xbox he's just not quite got there yet because you know not everything has fallen into place but um i think the i think for the good of gaming um or, or at least for the good of those ip the good of that company i i think this acquisition needs to happen um i mean the simpler way for this to get resolved is for bobby kotich to Leave, I was going to say leave the club, but that's a football thing. Uh, leave the um, company and have somebody else take over. Because at the end of the day, whether it's Disney, Sony, Warner Brothers, uh, wh- whoever, wh- whatever company you want to name, um, that is just the name of the company. It's the people in charge that ultimately run the thing. So um, it's like when people say, like, oh, Warner Brothers is so bad and whatever. It's like, it, well, it's not Warner Brothers that are bad. It's the people in charge of it. Warner Brothers is just a name. It's like with Activision. Activision is just the name of the company. Um, but obviously the people are associated with it. So um, this is the more expensive way, certainly, to uh, to resolve the situation. And I, I hope the acquisition goes through because um, putting Activision under the hood of um, Xbox, well, regardless of what you think of their games, like do you like Halo or what, like, that's, that's irrelevant. Um... But yeah, I, I I hope that this this goes through. I I think it will ultimately. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs and everything because obviously we don't work for these companies, but and we can only read what gets reported and take it from there. Um, but uh, I I think hopefully Microsoft will go through it. I think this will just make it take longer. I think so. Uh, how how do you think this is all going to kind of play out? I think it <clears throat> it eventually will happen. I don't see it happening anytime soon. I think we originally said like 2024 uh, with the latest development, maybe 2025. Mm. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, It's very, very early. Obviously, lawsuits and all these sorts of things take a long time to get resolved, so we won't know anything for a bit. Uh, All right, let's get on to game announcements. I've not written these in any particular order, although I do have Crash at the top, um, which means he was the first one on my mind. Um, I suppose we'll talk about our general thoughts on the game awards, like in 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 a little bit as well. But I just wanted to go through these these announcements. 
Crash Team Rumble was uh, finally announced. Um, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think this game was supposed to be announced last year at the Game Awards. Um, obviously, that's kind of when all the trouble we just talked about kind of kicked off. And I remember Jeff Keighley saying, like, well, I, th- I think he said at the time, like, we're not going to have any Activision games at the Game Awards. That was last year. Because, as I've mentioned a few times, there's been a tradition uh, almost in the last couple of years where, um, whether it was Crash Bandicoot the Insane Trilogy or the remake, the remaster of Spyro games or Crash Bandicoot 4 or, you know, Team Racing, whichever one of those it was, influencers kept getting sent packages related to it. They get sent like a dragon egg or something like that or, you know, um, I think it's like a Wumpa Fruit something or other to do with crash like they'd, they'd be sent an item and it would say like hey you know crash is doing something or what it would be like a you know generic kind of tease thing or whatever and influencers were sent packages last year um which was related to wampa fruit uh, which is the fruit that crash both shoots and collects and eats in in the game um i i think this was supposed to be announced last year at the game awards um and i it, it's interesting because i follow obviously the crash bandicoot uh, account on Twitter. It's kind of one, one of the more fun accounts to follow on, on Twitter. And literally during the Game Awards, because you know there's the mascot person who we saw in, in, in the suit and everything, which is which is cool. Um, he literally tweeted out like, hey, see you soon at the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley. Um, I, I, I think the entire Crash community um, has known this game has been... There's just been too many coincidental signs of like, hey, this was posted or this was uh, posted out or they tweeted this thing or influencers were sent this and that like they, we, we knew there was something going on it was still nice to see it don't get me wrong um and as soon as like because he broke through the roof or, or whatever it was that he did i was like oh this is probably it um the only difference um is this is called crash team rumble which is funny because the initials of crash, Te- crash team racing are the same they're both called ctr which I think is kind of cool. Um, the leaked slash project name with this was supposed to be Wumper League. Um, I don't really mind if it's called Wumper League or Team Rumble. Um, as long as the, the the game is good or it's not called something you know really ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it's a party game as we saw from from the from the trailer. We saw a few little glimpses of gameplay. Um, so this carries on in in the tradition and trajectory that I that both myself and many Crush fans thought Activision was going in which is you go back to basics right you remaster one two and three the beloved games that does well Crash Team Racing that does well okay let's make a proper canon sequel Crash Bandicoot 4 then obviously do the same treatment with uh, Spyro uh, you then add Spyro to Crash Team Racing so they're, they're both like a part of um, I, I think sooner or later we'll get part revealed that they're like part of the same universe or something like that. I I think there'll be something to do with that. Because um, I I'm I still think there'll be like a crossover game at some point. Um, when that will, although Spyro will probably be added to this game as well, so that's technically still a crossover anyway. Um, but uh, and then it was like, okay, what's the other game? Because apart from like Twin Sanity and Crash of the Titans and all all this like I I consider those games to be like the the really bad Crash Bandicoot games that I I don't personally ever need to see again. Um, and then the next one was like okay the other area so you got the platformer games you got the kart racing games and the other one was the party games. And the consensus on Crash Bash is it's not very good. Um, so 
Activision had a choice to make, do we remake, remaster Crash Bash, or make something in the spirit, so make another party game, but don't make a Crash Bash, which ended up being this, which I think is the better decision, decision to do, so... This is going well so far, I just wasn't surprised because, like, the, the tweets that had gone out and, like, I think this game was supposed to be announced a year ago. Um, what, why specifically it wasn't? I mean, you've got all sorts of legal mumbo-jumbo that I, I don't know about. I just think it was supposed to happen last year, so... Because um, as soon as Jeff Keighley... And it's his show, you know, he's, he does own the Game Awards, doesn't he? Like, he created it, I think. Um, he, uh, after it originally was uh, the video game awards that was done by an American TV sh- uh, channel, uh, Spike TV. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then when that went defunct, Jeff Keighley spent a million bucks of his own money to buy the rights to create the show right. and continue it on. So, yeah, yeah it is yeah. his. He literally owns the whole thing. Yeah. So, but yes, yeah, you know, last year with what was going on with Activision. Um, it's his show, he can do what, what he wants with it, so, um, I'm happy to see this, we don't know much about it yet, we know it's a Crash Party game and it'll be here in, in 2023, um, on the, all different, various different consoles, and this is a game that obviously you could play on Switch, unlike Call of Duty, so, um, we'll see what comes out from this, um, I did see a tweet from Kadikarus, who's, like, big in the uh, Crash community, and he kind of said, like, he wasn't bothered about this game, which kind of surprised me, but, um, I just, I don't, I wonder what a shelf life this game is gonna have, um, and I ultimately think, how long is it gonna be between when this comes out and when we get Crash 5, because I think Crash 5 is gonna happen as well, um, and will players just kind of move on from this game and play crash five and uh, whatever so um any thoughts on this game being announced did you think this was supposed to happen maybe last year uh i wouldn't doubt that it was supposed to happen last year um i'm not in that uh that game you know mm-hmm. sphere yeah. so i don't really know, know that much about it yeah yeah um but I, I know i don't sound excited but i just I, I think for a while we knew that this was this was coming so it it kind of got to the point where it's like okay it's kind of obvious that this game's coming, just tell us. Um, but it was still cool to see Crash, it, it always is. And this is in the design of uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, so it's continuing that. Which I, I suspect this art style is how Crash will stay for a while now. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, on to another series I love. Now I won't be playing this on PC because I don't really play games on PC. Well I say don't really, I don't ever really play games on PC. Uh, Last of Us Part 1. Is going to be on the third of the third of the twenty third. So, what, what regardless of if you're in America or the UK, it's the third of March or March third, whatever way you want to put that. Um, I just thought I'd mention it. Obviously, uh, they brought um, Joel, Joel, Ellie, and Ellie on the stage. Obviously, you had Ashley, Troy, Bella, and uh, Pedro. Obviously, the two of them are the TV adaption versions, and two of them, obviously, the ones who've done the game. But all four of them actually are going to be in the show. So that's that's very cool. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that, you know, uh, the PC audience gets to play this game. Um, I'm curious as to what mods people are going to make for this game as well. Um, that'll be that'll be interesting. They did mention a while ago this was in development for PC. That just took a bit more time, I suppose. Um, I suspect in a couple more years, maybe. Because um, there's a lot of rumours at the moment of a Last of Us Part 2 director's cut. Um, which would be... I think what that would be is like some of the features that are actually in Part 1 which aren't actually on Last of Us 2. You put those into Last 2 and you call that a director's cut. 
I think you would then put that director's cut like, a, like that. That would be like the native PS5 version because while you can play Part Two PS4 version on PS5, it's not the native PS5 version. So I suspect that Naughty Dog are going to do that, and then I think that that comes out later on PC. I don't know that. I'm just you know guessing as a fan as to what's gonna what's gonna be going on. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for people that haven't played this game, uh, especially since that will be will the show still be on the air at that point. It'll be about around about wrapping up at that point, I think, because um, it starts January fifteenth and it'll be eight episodes, so it'll be it'll be in and around that same time period. Um, so it's good, it's good for PC players that are able to play it. Um, so that's cool. Uh, any thoughts on Last of Us Part One on PC? Uh, I mean, it was eventual. I mean, that's what Sony has been doing when they think mm. a franchise has run its course. That wasn't the only game announced for. Uh, PC Returnal is getting a PC yeah. release soon. Um, I so I don't doubt that uh, Last of Us Part Two will get put on PC at some point. Yeah, yeah. I I think Sony's got an interesting strategy with this because they sort of wait, what two to four years roughly or so, and then once once like all the sales have run dry for a game because that's what happens after you know two to four years. Uh, I mean, people are still going to be picking the game up here and there on PS4 and whatever, or PS5, but um, those initial big sales are done, so uh, putting it on PC after that makes uh, makes sense, actually, I think. So, that's that. And yes, Returnal's also coming to PC as well, which should be cool. Um, speaking of, uh, Kojima came out on stage. Um, I think a lot of us knew Death Stranding 2 was in development. In fact, I think Norman Reedus himself... Um, tweeted out like some something to do with the Stranding too. Um, it got officially announced. Um, got a trailer. It got a very Kojima esque trailer. Uh, I mean, what what else did we expect to see? Um, I think this game looks kind of ambitious. It's interesting because Death Stranding finished, or I finished Death Stranding. And I thought that was good. Really enjoyed that. Um, had some parts that, you know, didn't work, had some parts that really did, but overall I really enjoyed the game. And I remember finishing it, and you, you get to the end of a game sometimes, you think, okay, do you need another one? Can, can you can you make another one? And while there was room, obviously there's room for another story, because we're going to get another one, I sort of finished it and thought, okay, if a Death Stranding 2 comes out, I will play it, because I enjoyed this game, and I like Kojima's games. Um, but I didn't feel the, the need for it and then they showed this trailer and I was like okay where are you going to go with the story because the story while there was a little bit of room to continue it um, and obviously I don't have the brain of Kojima because nobody does um, and obviously you know, I get to the end of part uh, part 1 get to the end of Death Stranding 1 and I think okay there's maybe an area where you could continue the story but I don't know how you do it but as I said I'm not Kojima I don't have you know all those plot points in my mind um yeah, it seems like it's just kind of naturally continuing. Obviously, we don't fully know what's going on here, and they they showed a very interesting trailer with these big robots and and things like that. Um, and there's like an octopus type BB baby. I don't know what that's about, but it's a Kojima game, so you're not always gonna know until you until you play it. But I think this looks ambitious. Um, certainly, it's it's cool to see Norman Reedus again. He must be busy. I mean, so he's he's done Walking Dead. Just finished Walking Dead after like eleven years because he was in the the first. I think he came in season one, episode three. So he's been in that for over like eleven years. Also, is getting put put in a spin off show. Um, is his own spin off show, 
um, worked on Death Stranding 1 and is not only, you know, because he's not finished with Walking Dead, he's doing a Daryl Dixon show. And now he's going to do the Daryl Dixon show and obviously he's do, doing or done um, Death Stranding 2. So he's a very busy person. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you make of uh, Death, Death Stranding 2 here? Uh, I'm not overly shocked with it. I mean, it is um, a game that did very well, even with its very um, bizarre story and plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just one of those things that I'm not overly shocked with it. Like you said, it was basically spoiled by Norman Reedus long before the Game Awards. Yeah. Um, I never did get around to playing it. I mean, I could technically download it and play it on uh, Game Pass on PC. It just, I don't know. It just, it never caught my attention of something that I have to play. It always just seemed like, okay, that's weird, and then move on with my life. Mm, yeah. There are some moments in the game where you're, you are kind of peacefully walking a lot. Um, so if you like that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, the game can be very intense as well at certain points. Obviously, you've got these, like, um, what were they called? There's black, like, shadow monster things. I can't think of I what they're know. called. Um, you got them that like chasing after you at certain points, but there are there are moments in the game where like music will kick in and you'll be on your bike or you'll be walking, doing your long journey with your packages and stuff. Um, so it does have those moments as well. That is funny that you use that term because there's actually a genre of mashups from various video games called when the doom music kicks in. Yeah. It's basically just any action scene, but then they superimpose the music from Doom on it. Hmm. And so you cool. just using that phrase when the music kicked in just kind of made me laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking at the, I was looking at some of these games, and I was like, okay, when? I mean, it's going to be up to different developers and all that kind of thing. And there are already certain games that are only on PS5. You do have like Ratchet and Clank. You've got Returnal. You've got Last of Us Part One. Although Last of Us previous is on PS4, but the new version is only for PS5. Um. You've had, I mean, Playtale was on 4 and 5, so that's, that's different. I wonder when Sony will fully shift into, like, like mark a point, mark a release of a game and say, like, hey, let, for, for example, like, okay, when Spider-Man 2 comes out, like, that, this will be, the, the, these games, like, first party, because third party is a whole different thing, right? But first party games from a point onwards will only be PS5. I wonder when that's going to be, so, because they are going to eventually leave it, have to leave it behind, so... Um, because I'm wondering, uh, because obviously Death Stranding was a, was a while ago anyway, before the PS5 was here, and that was a PS4 game. Um, I, I don't remember seeing if this was listed for PS4 or P- and PS5, obviously it's going to be at least on the 5, but I wonder, I wonder when Sony will have to leave the 4 behind, um, so, we'll see. Uh, then they announced some Horizon DLC, I didn't write down the name of it, but it's, uh, taking, some of it's taking place in Hollywood. Apparently, which is which is interesting. The Hollywood sign gets kind of taken down. We don't know a lot about it yet, but um, I suppose following in the spirit of the first game, because you had uh, was it Fro- Frozen Wilds or something for the yeah. This is called Burning game, called Shores. Burning Shores. That's it. Um, I'll I'll play it. I mean, I was a bit disappointed in certain areas of Horizon Forbidden West. I I really like what they did with the character of Aloy. The gameplay was still good. It just hadn't really like pushed itself forward enough. But maybe the DLC will have some have some new ideas and whatnot. Um, 
but I'll, I'll I'll play it. I'll enjoy it. I'm gonna play the, the the VR game as well once I get a PSVR two. Once it's at an actual reasonable price. Um, we say do see. I, I've heard Colin uh, Moriarty over on uh, Sacred Symbols talking about um, Sony potentially driving Horizon into the ground because we've got the. It's not confirmed yet, but there's a reported rumor or whatever wasn't there of a, a remake of the first one. We've had the first game, second game, VR game, TV show, remake of the first one, DLC for number two coming out. Um, I mean, if you like, if you like a particular world, so so for me, for example, like you know, some people have looked at Last of Us and thought, oh, you've got like part one remake and part two is coming out and factions two in the TV show. Like, is is it being? driven into the ground but as long as what you make for that world is good and you don't get burned out on it then i don't really quite see sort of the problem um what do you think of how much they're doing for i mean literally you've got two different things here you've got the vr game uh which will be a bit separate but still in the same world and the and the dlc and the potential remake of one and then you've got the tv show what do you, what do you think of uh how much horizon we're we're getting yeah it's one of those things that obviously um, the DLC is not overly shocked because that is a popular franchise that they have been supporting for a while. Uh, the VR, honestly, I'm going to be a grandfather before that PSVR 2 becomes a reasonable price. And I don't have any kids, so that kind of gives you a sense of it. Um, mm. Yeah, if it's under $400 by 2030, I'll be shocked because they are not lowering the price of that thing they would never have put it at that high of a price um just to lower it within you know a year or two um yeah um what do you think what do you think of how much we're getting from horizon though uh it's honestly i think it's a normal amount i mean we only had that game the sequel come out what a year ago year and a half maybe um so the dlc is kind of right on time the VR is a thing that they did that they can say they did. Um, whether or not it's actually good or not, it's hard to tell. So, mm, yeah. Uh, speaking of the VR game, they showed off uh, really a small, small snippet of it because um, they're like, "Hey, here's some more footage from Horizon Two uh, VR Two. Sorry, Horizon VR on VR Two, whatever it's called." Um, I was like, oh, cool, I'm, you know, interested in this game, and then they literally showed it off for what twenty seconds or something. Um, I think the idea behind this game is very good. Obviously, you've got the new technology behind it, which is good. If I, I think this this might sound dramatic, but as somebody who's played a good chunk of VR games, if th- this game is going to be make or break, depending on the movement. Um, and I'm not talking about looking around. I'm talking about like moving from left to right, because if if the movement in this game um, is not great and you've got like... Cause I remember kind of talking about this the, the first time they ever showed this game. I was like, okay, this game looks like an interesting idea and you've got the new PSVR stuff behind it. And bow and arrow mechanics in VR games, at least from the games I've played, have been very good. Um, I mean, you've literally got a case where you've got two controllers. You use one as the, the bow and then one as the arrow. You sort of line up with your own hands. You pull the thing back like physically, like the arrow. And then you press a button to let it go, but you aim at it with your own hand. It's it, it's quite good. Um, at least on the games that I've tried. Bow and arrows on uh, for VR. 
but and I think that could be all great, and I think it will be interesting for like a you know first person uh, Horizon game. But I'm just wondering about like, because I remember when I played Horizon, let's say one and two, you do a lot of sliding and running and jumping and diving and you know moving out of the way of these massive robots that. Even if one tries to like jump over you, another one will have like a massive tail and it will like swing its tail at you and you've got to dodge out the way of that. This looks a little bit more relaxed than that. Um, but I'm just wondering like, let, let's say for example a robot like tries to jump at me but I can dodge out the way. But then I want to turn around and aim at that robot that's jump, just jumped past me. Which in the game you'd press what? You'd move to the right, you'd press circle, you'd swing the camera around with the right stick, and then you'd aim and shoot at the thing. It's it's quite simple. I'm just wondering how you're going to do that in VR. Um, I mean, the, the controls in like Iron Man were quite, quite good, and that's where you're literally flying in the air, and you're like boosting all over the place and aiming and stuff. Um, and that was handled quite well, but... Um, this is like more, more grounded than, than that, I suppose, because... Like with Aloy, I don't have, or whoever you're going to be playing as, uh, I'm not going to have boots that are going to shoot me into the air, like like you do in. Because the, the advantage that one of the ways Iron Man VR made use of that was, uh, other than maybe one or two levels, you had quite a lot of space when you were fighting. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm just wondering about like when you'll have to dodge something and then spin around um, and look at something behind you and then aim without getting dizzy or you disoriented whatever the case may be um what, what are you thinking so far of how this game is looking yeah i mean it looks okay i really am not one to judge because i don't do vr on any level i don't yeah. own any vr equipment i don't have any kind of a vr setup so i really just don't have a basis of reference to uh say if this is good bad or indifferent mm, yeah I mean, one useful thing you could do, one obvious thing, is like a quick turn button. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, as a player, you have to remember to do that. Because, like, God of War, Ragnarok's got a quick turn button. And it was cool, but I don't remember using it much. (laughs) Uh, Because sometimes it's, I don't know, like sometimes if you've got a complicated game like a Horizon or a God of War, where you've got so many controls, so many things you can use, and, you know, like, so many different weapons, it's kind of about remembering everything. So we'll we'll see how this handles itself. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's just it really will be make or break depending on the movement of of it. I think because um, I mean the idea in VR of like you've got two controllers. Oh, robots on your left. Turn your head to the left. Aim your bow and arrow and shoot. That sounds cool. But what are you going to do when it jumps over your head? You know. So we'll see. Um, one one of the advantages that this has got, and I'm assuming this will work into the games, is when you've got the PSVR one unit. Um, you can use it with a DualShock 4, but that's only with certain games. When you play certain games like Iron Man VR, you don't have analog sticks. And that was, uh, obviously those were like the PS3 move controllers, so it's very different. At least these have got analog sticks, so you've got a bit more option for certain games. And for menus as well, uh, which which will be helpful. So, we'll see how it all works out. Um, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was shown off again. Um, we haven't seen this game for a year, I think, roughly. Um, I still have questions about the story and how the title is going to happen. Unless it doesn't. Unless the Suicide Squad don't kill the Justice League. But how that sort of works out. Uh, They showed Batman in this. Obviously, uh, last time he'll be... 
uh, voiced by Kevin Conroy, and then they did the like his iconic line and everything, uh, which was recorded by him. So that'll be bittersweet. Um, the kind of because um, I saw a lot of tweets and stuff, understandably about like, hey, last time for Kevin Conroy, be you know bittersweet and sad, and it will be. The good thing about that, obviously not about him, you know, passing is very sad that he's passed and he's very iconic and very nice personal, that sort of thing. Multiverses is an ongoing game and that's got Kevin Conroy's voice on it. So if you're looking for like, in terms of video games, something more long term, because Multiverses will still be around and supported even after this game comes out. Um, so, you know, if you're playing Multiverses at the moment, you're either playing as Batman or he's in, in the levels with you, you can hear Kevin's voice, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be bittersweet to, to have one last kind of, well, again, it's like, okay, is his last recorded, like, last published performance, but you'll still be able to play Multiverses long, ongoing, because they'll be adding characters to that game, so he'll still be in there, which would be cool, so, um... But uh, yeah, it's sad that he's gone and everything, and uh, that, uh, that's that's not good. But um, so in terms of the game that they showed, uh, so Batman is killing people in this game. Um, so I think the idea is supposed to be like Brainiac brainwashes the Justice League because we've seen like evil Superman, evil Flash, uh, evil like Wonder Woman, and I assume there's going to be what. Two, two more maybe Justice League members probably like Green Lantern or something like that um they show that they've knocked out the Flash or the, the Flash has been knocked out somehow um which is interesting because I remember in the last trailer they showed and the Flash was talking to one of the members of Suicide Squad and saying hey there's no point in, like trying to shoot me because I'll just slow down time and catch the bullet with ease and I can kill you instantly um because if you, if you look at I just can't get I can't look past like Okay, you look at the members here of the of the Suicide Squad. Any one member of the Justice League could kill them very quickly. Um, I mean, Superman could literally fly above them and just, you know, laser them all very quickly. Uh, Flash could do it very, very quickly. Wonder Woman, could, like, they all could. So, uh, again, I've not read, like, if this is based off some sort of comic or, or something or how that sort of goes. Um, I still just have... And the new players. I think it's interesting as well, like... Okay, so the pitch is... What, the Justice League has been brainwashed by Brainiac, I think. and But you're you're not playing as the Justice League, you're playing as the Suicide Squad. And you have to stop them. I just I just don't know... Like, it's a it's an alright idea, but it, it just doesn't... Um, I don't know, it, it doesn't really stand out to me and um, what, what what are you thinking of what we've seen so far of of this game yeah it's one of those ideas that kind of works better as a comic than an actual you know playable entity because then you actually have to think about it like you were saying mm-hmm. with uh you know how would you overpower this and how would you overpower that and they uh they don't really make a way to do that uh feasibly so mm. yeah it's just like you don't you don't even need the Justice League. You just need one of like the Flash or Superman. And I mean, like, think about how powerful someone like Superman is compared to Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and there's literally the bit in the first ever reveal trailer where he like kills that 
um, pilot of the helicopter. And he could just kill the whole Suicide Squad right there and then. Um, unless it's a case where like Brit Brainiac is uh, he's controlling them and he doesn't want them to do that. But then, what's the next bit? I guess we'll find out when we play the game, won't we? So, um, I also just think from a commercial standpoint, from pitching this game, would wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been more appealing to do it the other way around, where you play as the Justice League but you're stopping the Suicide Squad, but then that game will end in five minutes because, you know, you just take control of Superman and even if it's not killing the Suicide Squad. You just fly past them and just pick them all up and put them all in Arkham. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, there, there's some things that aren't quite just clicking for me with this game. Um, it would be useful to see some gameplay. That would be that would be good. I can't believe we've not seen any gameplay for this yet. That's quite uh, quite bizarre to me. Because um, they recently, didn't they recently announced that the uh, heads of the studio or something that we talked about a few weeks ago, they... they the founders or whatever of Rocksteady. I can't remember the specific titles, but like two of them had left. Yeah, I know uh, people at uh, Warner Brother have left, so... Mm, yeah, I think it was like the the studio heads or somebody like that at, uh, at Rocksteady. And look, I trust Rocksteady. They've made the best Batman games and all that sort of thing. I just don't know about this idea, so we shall see. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor was shown off. Cameron Monaghan, I think is his name, came out on stage. I thought that was very cool. Um, some people straight after the Game Awards were saying, like, hey, what if you get the physical actor, Cameron himself, and do, like, a live-action... Is it his name Cal, I think? Um, mm-hmm. Do a live-action Disney Plus show for, uh, about Cal. Um, I think that could that could work. Um, I mean, the first game was a success. They wouldn't be making this game if it wasn't. Um, it showed off a few bits of gameplay. Um, it was very teaser sort of heavy. Uh, they did reveal that you can hold... Um, two different lightsabers, one in each hand. Um, and there was a bit of a debate, sort of, on on the internet and on Twitter and stuff about, okay, would you want a double sided, like a Darth Maul style lightsaber, or one in each hand? Um, what do you? Because you you played the first one, didn't you? I think. Mm-hmm. Did you finish yeah. it? Yeah, you finished it in that. Yeah. Um, what would uh, what would you prefer? Would you prefer one in each hand or a dual wield sort of Darth Maul? type lightsaber honestly that something like that really depends on your physicality and your coordination uh-huh. um they both kind of look cool in their in their respective senses but that's one of those things as someone who has trained and taught martial arts the the practicality of that is way different than how it looks on screen um mm. it's like i say uh 99 of anything on screen with weapons is wrong and that's being generous. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, what the weapon is. It doesn't matter if it's swords, guns, anything. 99% of it's wrong. Right. Um, but I think it looks good. Um, as long as they do what sequels need to do, which is obviously make it better than the first one. Um, have a good story. And, you know, you've got a character that can use the force and lightsabers. There's a lot of creative opportunity there. Um, and if you want to introduce like a blaster or something, um, so putting new new gameplay ideas into this, I'm I'm looking out for that type of thing. So which hey, they already showed off one one example, which is uh, two lightsabers in one hand. So that's very cool. Uh, what do you think of what they showed of uh, Jedi Survivor or the the little uh, they showed of it? Kind of look cool. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that one 
works out. Uh, one sort of like quality of life thing they could do is maybe make the map a bit better. Um, I think there was a general consensus like on the first game that okay, the map's not. It, it's a little bit weird looking because they tried to do like a three D thing with it from what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. So improving, improving little things like that could be could be good. Uh, in the pre-show, uh, which I did uh, watch, that was one the part that was hosted by um, Sydney Goodman, um, who's been at like you know IGN and and that sort of thing. I think she does her own stuff now. But uh, Hellboy Hellboy game was shown off. Um, I'm not like a, I don't dislike Hellboy, but I wouldn't call myself a fan in any way, shape, or form. Um, you've had like the David Harbour films, you had the Ron Perlman films. Um, some of them are good, some of them are bad, from what I understand. Um, but in terms of a video game thing, Hellboy, there's some potential there. I don't even know everything that Hellboy can actually do, so that could be a surprise. Um, I was reading online afterwards uh, a few comments from people that did like the, the Hellboy films and stuff, and it said the gameplay looked a bit clunky. Um, I mean, you have the right to like you know judge off of what we've seen. We have seen very, very little... Um, at first I thought like, oh, this is some sort of like Telltale game, um, or something like that. And I thought, oh, is Telltale making a Hellboy game? Um, yeah, the combat did look a bit stiff, but we literally saw this game for 20 seconds, so maybe there's some other things that you can do. Um, the art style I think is, is alright, as long as it works out into the, into the game. Uh, we saw a very brief glimpse of what we, what we saw from that, but there is a Hellboy game in development. Uh, what's your kind of, uh... How do you feel about Hellboy as a as a character and whatnot? Uh, honestly, I don't really care. I mean, I vaguely ish remember the Ron Perlman movies. Mm. Um, there's two of them, right? Yeah, there's two. And then one. Um, uh, David Harbor. David Harbor. Yeah, yeah, Stranger Things guy. So. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I mean, I know it's a popular comic series, so I don't know how much. It's going to stay faithful to that, so... Mm. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, that's most of the... I have one or two other co- couple of little notes. Um, no show from Xbox. few people were talking about this. Um, I think one of their games... We're going to go through the, the recap of the actual Game Awards here in a minute. Um, no show from Xbox. Uh, we, we saw a small, small glimpse of... I think it was Starfield at a certain point. Um, but no sort of like... Uh, other than a ton of... Game Pass announcements and the Game Pass being on Samsung TVs or or something, mm-hmm. um, that was all right. But uh, no no announcements from them. We didn't see Hellblade this year. We I think we saw it last year at the Game Awards where they debuted um, some of the gameplay for the first time. Uh, it's disappointing. I mean, um, it's. I mean, does the FTC thing have anything to do with that or like? I don't know. I'm sure it would have just been bad optics if they had done anything big like that with the FTC thing looming over them. Uh, yeah. Um, what did you make of Xbox having pretty much a no-show? Uh, it just confirms my theory that you know sometime, probably February, we're going to get a big uh, solo thing from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we do that from both Xbox and definitely from PlayStation. I mean, PlayStation haven't really spoken all year. Um, thing for PlayStation though, they because people were wondering all year like, okay, when's the next PlayStation showcase? Like one of their big ninety-minute shows. I mean, God of War is doing incredibly well. People are excited for Spider-Man Two. I wonder if they've just not felt the need to have like a big show 
this year uh, with a, a PlayStation um, with like a big uh, showcase thing. Um, I mean, because you got so you got Wolverine on the way, you got Spider Man on the way. God of War's like pretty much just come out. Um, it would be nice to know like okay, what's the next eighteen months or so for uh, for PlayStation? Um, but they just I don't know. So sometimes even as a like more of a PlayStation fan. Sony does have this sense of overconfidence sometimes with PlayStation. Of like, oh, we're selling units. God of War's doing well. Last of Us sold well. Horizon nominated for a bunch of stuff. We're all good. I, I, I think there's, and I think there's a bit of a consensus about that with Sony that sort of don't get too overconfident. Um, so I just, yeah, wonder, wonder what they're, uh, what they're doing next. So, uh, anyway, before we move on to the winners, did you have anything you wanted to talk about with the uh, Game Awards or anything else? Uh, yeah, a couple of things that caught my eye. First up was uh, Crime Boss Rock City. I don't know how that's pronounced. Um, just because of the sheer number of people that are basically being over-the-top versions of themselves in it. I mean, you got Chuck Norris, Michael Madsen, Danny Glover, Danny Trejo, uh, Michael Rooker, Kim Basinger, Vanilla Ice for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like it's going to be a wild kind of a game, so uh, that kind of caught my eye. Um, the more and more um, the, the the Game Awards becomes a thing, the less and less I can actually take them seriously. Uh, because for one, in the pre-game show, you had an award for Best Discord Integration, sponsored by Discord. Like, <laughs> seriously, just say, here's a Discord commercial. I mean, don't insult my intelligence. Right. Um, then you had yeah. the host that looked like she murdered a flock of flamingos for that damn dress. I mean, seriously, what the hell? Um, you had uh, um, Al Pacino looking drunk or in the middle of an Alzheimer's fit on stage. He clearly had no idea where the hell he was. Um, you had Christopher Judge who would not shut the hell up. Um it was interesting with that because even Jeff Keighley because he tried to be obviously polite about it because the live event and everything and even he was like um, cause I, th- I think because uh, I tried to time it myself and other people timed it the, the actual upload of the video because obviously they got the videos for um, uh, the different uh, announcement things which is interesting because before you click on the video you already know what's won it because it's in the title and it was 9 minutes I think some people said like 15 minutes um, I appreciate what he had to say about winning and everything, but even Jeff Keighley afterwards, um, because he like took the stage back and everything and tried to get on with things, and even he was like, "Hey, that took a little bit longer than what we intended." Happy for Christopher Judge, but like we need to kick on. Um, and the yeah. the super irony is if you go back to his interviews when uh, Stargate ended, he complained about his role in the later seasons because when he you know, in seasons one, two, and three, he barely ever said anything. And he says, by the time it's season seven, I just won't shut the hell up. Mm. And he actually says that. So the irony of that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering something as well. This applies to both Sydney and um, Jeff Keighley. Comedy is a very hit and miss mixed thing in the the whole entertainment industry whether it's a stage show a scripted comedy wherever you want to put comedy or if it's into like a live broadcast show and this isn't the first time i've sort of thought of this but 
and this isn't like a knock against you know either of the two of them. I wonder if it's gotten to a point with comedy, um, where one of the ideas is how do I want to describe this? To make a joke that's like obviously cringy, but that's the like point of it. I don't know. There's a lot of different flavors and tastes of comedy out there. Um, and I I didn't mind. It was like it was what it was. It was, it was fine. But um, I was just wondering about like the approach to the comedy within. Um, yeah, like what what was the I don't know the, the goal with some of the different jokes and stuff. And it, it was all fine and fun and and whatever. But um, and me personally, I didn't mind Sydney's dress and all that sort of thing. But um. I don't know, I thought I thought she did a good job hosting. I've I've seen her like do a couple of I think she used to do IGN's um daily fix or whatever. Um you used to have like a few people do that, but I thought she did a good job with hosting, which is the important point. Um and I usually think Jeff does a does a good job. Um I, I do think at certain points because there was a point where cause I didn't write the game down because I didn't have like it hadn't struck me personally, so I didn't write it down. But the, the new game, I can't remember what it's called, but the new game from the people from BioShock. And one of the things, and I get that there's a certain thing that he feels he has to do with his own show, and it's his show. It's not, it's not my show. It's his show. He can, you know, phrase things how he wants. But when you say something like moving the industry forward, I was like, oh wow, what, what is, what is this game going to be? And I understand that within his own show, he's got to find his way of portraying, portraying, sorry, buzzwords that he wants to choose. That's up to him as to how he wants to present. Um, and I like. It. I think he's a nice guy. I think he does a good job with presenting. Um, I think Sydney also is a, is a nice person from from what I know about her, and she does a good job uh, with hosting. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's there's some there's some times where because you get to one of these checkpoints, sort of big, you know, like an E3 or a Summer Games Fest or a Game Awards. I was like, okay, this this is the big time to to show off your your big games. And you just listen to the way he describes certain games, like industry moving, and you know he's going to move the medium forward. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I buy into the words too much or, or, or something like that. But uh, I mean, I'm not like blaming him. I'm just sort of analysing the his choice of words and things. So um, overall, I thought that the show was good. Um, I, I usually think the show's pretty good. And yes, there's a lot of ads, and it's a bit too long, but there's a lot of things to pay for here as well. So because um, I don't want the Game Wars to go away. I don't want, you know, Jeff Keighley to become bankrupt <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, any, anything else you want to talk about from the Game Wars? Any other announcements or, or trailers that I didn't talk about that you want to? Uh, no, that was about it. I mean, like I said, I mean, there's always stuff that caught my eye for like half a second that I forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Baldur's Gate 3 being like officially out of early access... I forgot that was even a game. Um, Diablo 4, forgot that was a game. Um, you know, a sequel to Hades, cool, but okay. Um, yeah, just things that are just, like, there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's probably some, like, little 20 second, 30 trailers um, that, like, you know, maybe have caught my eye, but I, I forgot about by the time the three-hour show was was done but we'll see these games again later so once more more from some of these games get shown off um we can talk about them 
Uh, let's go through the winners. So that's, that's all the announcements and stuff. And again, uh, emails if you want to write in. If there's anything that we didn't discuss that you uh, want to, or any announcements or anything, anything like that at all, uh, let us know. Um, so let's go through the game awards. I've got the game awards site up here. We know what one game of the year, but I'm going to leave that till last. Best game direction. I'm just going from the next category because it opens first with the game with the game of the year. So I'm just going to go from that the next one onwards. Best game direction: Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Immortality, uh, and Stray. Um, Elden Ring won that, so it's best game direction. Um. I I mean I've not played Elden Ring, so I can't like it's. I think at some point in the new year, even though there's a lot of games coming out January, February, um, as a gamer, I kind of feel the need to, okay, even if the the game of the year winner is not to my taste, I should at least be feel like I should at least try out the game of the year winner. So at some point, it won't happen this year, but at some point in the new year, um, I'll try and stream a bit of Elden Ring. Maybe um, I probably won't finish it, but to at least try it out, to at least see for myself what it's like. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to think about it winning best game direction. I think that's all right. Uh, what, what do you What do you think? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, best narrative: Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Immortality. I've not played Immortality. I've played the other four. Uh, sorry, the other three of the others. Um, as somebody who's now finished Plague Tale, I think that should have beaten because God of War won this. I think that should have beaten God of War. Um, I did enjoy Playtale more than God of War for different reasons. Um, but the actual narrative, like the story and everything, I do think is, it's also a bit, it's told a bit cleaner than God of War. Like in God of War, there's a lot of things and characters and stuff going on. Playtale keeps itself a bit simpler, but is was able to impact me more, I think, in, in that way. So I would, I would go with that. Um... What do you think of this one here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's what I consider like the newness factor because those games mm. have come out recently, so that's kind of why they won. Yeah. Uh, best art direction, so visuals and things like that. Elden Ring was the winner. God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Scorn, and Stray. I think when we went through these a couple of weeks ago, I remember saying Scorn's got a particular like horror idea towards it. I've not played it, but I have seen it, and the category here is art direction um i like how horizon looks i mean all these games look good um but i think maybe there's something about scorn that like it tried to go for it more you know and you got stray as well which has its like world building and, and things like that so i would have either gone with stray or scorn here but elden ring one um again i've not played it so i don't know fully sort of what everything looks like but what do you think of the art direction uh winner here yeah, it kind of makes sense, so... Yeah. Uh, best score and music. There was a particular category that I tweeted about that I had a problem with, but we will we'll get to that one in a minute. Uh, best score and music. Um, I mean, you've got Bear McCreary composing the God of War Ragnarok score, so that was pretty much going to win. And the score and the music for it is very, very good. Um... I think the actual score for God of War is maybe better than a Plague Tale, but the music, maybe it's because I was enjoying the narrative more, and that there's certain moments in games where you get like a, a big story beat or a big beat in sort of the narrative, and like the score kicks in and it sort of just elevates things a bit more. 
I was more impacted when that was happening in Plague Tale than what I was in God of War. But individually, the scores, I think God of War potentially has a better one. Elden Ring, um, I don't remember what that one was like. Uh, Metal Hellsinger has got like a very heavy, heavy metal sort of thing. And Xenoblade Chronicles is, is there as well. So I may have gone for Plague Tale here. But you got Bear, Bear McCreary on God of War Ragnarok. And he's done very, very well. What do you think of this category? Uh, for the for the win. Yeah, again, I mean, it makes sense, so... Yeah, yeah, David Curry's done a lot of things. This is the category I have a big problem with, uh, and I don't, I don't, you know, get to get to choose the winners or whatever here. Best audio design. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West. I have played all but one of these games. I've played Modern Warfare, obviously, uh, God of War, Gran Turismo, Horizon... I not only think God, uh, COD Modern Warfare 2's got the best audio design here quite clearly, it's got one of the best audio designs I think I've experienced in a game. From the way the guns sound, the 3D audio with the game, uh, just, just the, way, the way everything sounds, it clicks together so nicely, and especially with the gunplay, the way the guns sound, and when you're reloading them, and it's got just this oomph and this impact to it. I don't remember actually talking about the audio in my God of War Ragnarok review because I it just it wasn't on my mind. I found the audio and I changed headphones during playing this game, so I don't think it was a headphone issue. I found the audio design in God of War Ragnarok to be very inconsistent, very very inconsistent. Um, obviously, Gran Turismo Seven is cars and things, so that's cool. And Horizon is 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 great as well. I. I don't, I mean, it's God of War, so it's it's kind of the big game, it's not actually the game of the year winner, but it's kind of the big game of the year, I just, I don't know how somebody could experience COD and God of War and pick God of War for audio design, I just, I I, I think they're pretty far apart in their, in their audio design, Um, any, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, again, I'm chalking this up to the newness factor, so. Yeah, yeah, Um, and just like. There's a few particular games in the year that just really stand out in the public eye, which this year was Elden Ring and God of War, so uh, there you go with those ones. Um, best performance, Ashley Birch, uh, Charlotte McBurney for Plague Tale, uh, she was uh, Amicia. Christopher Judge, obviously Kratos, uh, Man and Gage, so uh, she was in Immortality, and then uh, the boy himself, Atreus, uh, Sunny Soljic. God of War Ragnarok. I thought Christopher uh, Christopher Reeve Christopher Judge was going to win this, and he did. Um, I still just I I really think Ashley Birch did some really good stuff with uh, with with Aloy in in Horizon. I felt like her performance just elevated the character um, and gave her great development. I mean, Ashley Birch doesn't decide like Aloy's character development, but she does perform it. Um, but I suppose Christopher Judge has just got he's just got that voice to him, hasn't he? So he won that one. Amicia Charlotte as Amicia, I think, is really, really good. Um, so yeah, what do you think of the the performances here? Performance. Uh, yeah. Well, I've I've played none of these games, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. On the performance of it, again, not shocked at who won. So. Yeah. Uh, games for Impact. Uh, this was where Xbox did show up somewhat they they won this one uh, as dusk falls one uh, there was a memoir blue endling extension is forever citizen sleeper hindsight and i was a teenage oncologist i've not played any of these um 
which I am kind of disappointed with because Games for Impact is something very important. Um, As Dusk Falls, I think, is the most known one here. It, it did get highlighted a bit when it came to Game Pass, didn't it? So, um, did you get a chance to play that at all? Because I know you got Game Pass. Mm. So, no. No. Um, but I don't really have anything about that category. Unfortunately, uh, best ongoing game: Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 16, I think, uh, Fortnite, mm-hmm. and Genshin Impact. You'd assume the winner here would be Fortnite because it's Fortnite and Fortnite is massive, but Final Fantasy 16 um, took this one, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, there's a few, you know, like Destiny is really popular, Apex is. Um, I know Final Fantasy is a popular franchise, um, but uh, I didn't quite expect it to beat the others here for, for like multiplayer games. Like when you say Final Fantasy, I don't really think of ongoing games, I think of the single player side of things. Uh, what do you think of this category? Yeah, um, again, I'm shocked. Um, it's Final Fantasy, but you know, you would think Fortnite would Fortnite. So, mm, yeah, so surprised by that one. Um, best indie <clears throat> game: Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Stray won this one, which was awesome. Um, didn't think it would. I mean, we had you know hopes that it would maybe win game of the year but unlikely just because of Elden Ring and God of War um glad to see Stray won something I'm, I'm really glad it did it didn't win in in uh, the other categories and stuff um but yeah best indie it won something somewhere it beat Sifu which is which is quite big I know some people enjoy Tunic uh Cult of the Lamb from what I hear is a is a popular game that that uh, a lot of people enjoyed so Cult of the Lamb is is a kind of a twitch only game uh-huh. And I don't mean that you have to play it on Twitch. It's just that um, your cult is people that follow you and interact in your chat on Twitch. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how you gain followers is uh-huh. through social interactions like that. So it's not uh-huh. really a, you know, you're playing on your couch kind of a game. It's more of I'm playing something on my computer. I have Twitch open on the other monitor. Somebody I'm following on Twitch is playing it. Oh, I'll be a cult in there. In their little clan. Huh. Okay. Um, but I'm very happy to see Stray win this. What do you think? Yeah, big fan of Stray. Um, I haven't played it myself, but I've seen three different people do playthroughs of it. It definitely deserved the win. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Best mobile game? Um, I don't have any thoughts, but I'll read out what was here. Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Marvel Snap, Genshin Impact, and Tower of Fantasy. Marvel Snap won it. I guess I'm glad that... A Marvel thing won something because I care about Marvel, so that is good. Um, what do you what do you think of the best mobile game? Honestly, don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't really play mobile games, so yeah. Uh, best community support again. I don't have any thoughts here, but I'll read out what was here: Apex Legends, Destiny Two, Final Fantasy, uh, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. And uh, Final Fantasy took this one. I don't have any specific thoughts, but I just wanted to mention it. Innovation in accessibility. This is a game where I have a bit of an issue with what won. Um, I'm not angry about it. I just disagree, which is fine. Innovation in accessibility. Um, As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. Um, They did show some footage of... You've got, like, the colorblind stuff, I think, where you can, you know, make Kratos red, or there's, there's, like, different things that you can... That you can do. Um, I think something with the the colorblind mode they do sometimes is like 
They have the allies and heroes in blue or so. I think you can customise it yourself, which is obviously part of the options. And then you make the enemies like red or, or something. Um, again, I've never used those settings. I've just seen them from footage. Something, and this, if you want to call this me having a Last of Us bias, you, you can do that. Like, that's that, that's fine. I don't remember seeing a setting, and this is this is only an only only a difference in one particular setting. I don't remember seeing a setting in God of War Ragnarok where you can set um, when the characters talk for you to hear feel it in the controller. You know that throat thing I talked about before, where like if you like if you touch your own throat and you talk, and it's got that vibration, you know, th thing to it. You can enable that in The Last of Us. And I remember when um, there was some news about it being in the game like a week or so before. And some people thought it was a joke or it wasn't true. It is true. It is in the game. And even though I'm luckily somebody that doesn't need these settings. I still found it very useful and very cool. And I could that's one where I could kind of see where it would benefit somebody who would have like issues playing the game in whatever way, shape or form. Um, and... You can fill it depending on like the character's tone, the distance as well. So if you, you can hear like that the enemies talking and things like that, um, so like you can tell how how like far away they are from you, how loudly they're talking, or if you've got obviously you know very well written cutscenes with Joel and Ellie and things like that, if they're talking more aggressively or loudly or quietly, all the little like subtle moments, you can feel the differences in it in the controller. I don't remember seeing that being an option in God of War Ragnarok, and it is in The Last of Us Part 1. Um, and I mean, when I was like going through the... You know when you like start a new game and you're figuring out, okay, brightness settings and all that sort of stuff? That was in the menus of that in Last of Us Part 1, so I didn't have to look for it. I don't remember seeing that pop up anywhere in God of War Ragnarok. And I know it's only a slight difference, but it does make a bit of a difference in the game. Um, both games have haptic feedback. Both games are first-party games, so both games could have had it. Um, but, uh, God of War Ragnarok didn't, and Last of Us did. I don't know about the other games, but that's just, that's just my thoughts on that. Um, any thoughts on this, uh, what's going on here? I don't really have an opinion, because I haven't really played any of those games, so it's not anything I would have noticed. Cool. So, uh, best VR AR game. Very, very happy about this category. You've got After the Fall, Among Us VR... Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. And the winner is Moss Book 2. I love that game. Um, I think it did what it needed to do for a sequel, which is continue the story, make it interesting, put some more daring things in there. I don't want to get into spoilers. Um, tell a bit of more of an emotional story as well, like to really push the story forward. New gameplay ideas, and especially when you've got things like where you can push and pull certain things in VR in that game, and you've got the VR thing, and you've got like the dollhouse kind of view. It really took advantage of uh, a lot of those things in this game, and I, I really, really like Moss Book 2. Um, so in my... Because again, I don't remember the exact point where I put like the strong must-play rating thing. I did give it a must-play rating, but I can't remember if I had the, the other rating at that point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed that game. Um, and there, there was just, and there was ways that they, like, use the DualShock 4, that, like, the, uh, uh, where you can, like, move your, because you've got, like, this blue bubble thing that you can, like, interact with other elements with, because uh, you're, you're called the Watcher, and you're sort of, uh, 
controlling Moss with the the left stick, but you can like use your own interactive thing, and you can like help Moss so- uh, po- solve puzzles and things. There was a thing they did. This is like a very 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 small gameplay, not really spoiler, but like thing that they added. They did this really cool thing in Moss Two, um, and you could use it for puzzles and for combat. Sometimes in the same area, which was very cool. And you had these little like, what would you call them? Not snails. These little scorpion type things. And you could, you know, like how you used to have those cars and things where you could like you'd either pull the wheels back and then you'd let it go, or you'd have something where you'd have like a toy car and you could like pull the string back on it and you'd see it go. Did you know? I sort of mean by that. Um, you'd have like toys like that, and you'd have this scorpion thing, and you could kind of click onto it, pull it back, and just launch it into something. And you could use that with the puzzles and with the like the combat because you could fling that into enemies, and it was so good and so satisfying. So I'm I'm very happy to see Moss Book Two win it. And I that was another one similar to Iron Man VR, whereas like it came out, but not many people were talking about it. So I was glad to see it get nominated, but. I was like, how many people have actually played this game? It, it wasn't quite clear to me, but um, I'm very happy to see it win uh, Best VR AR Game. Uh, what do you think of that category? Yeah, again, you know, don't do <coughs> VR at all, so I don't have really anything that I can uh, um, figure out. So, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, best Action Game, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Sifu, Neon White, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Um, did you finish that game? Should, you, you you were playing that, weren't you? I was or, or playing it and one? I got... Yeah, that, no, I was playing that and then I got stuck on it, so... Oh, right, okay. Um, I would have played more of it, but again, the only issue that I had was, like, why can I only play with um, like, solo Mutant Ninja Turtles when they're a group? That was something that just kind of put me off. Uh, the winner here was um, Bayonetta 3, which didn't that only, like, just, just come out? Like, really, really recently. Um, I think it's even mm-hmm. a newer game than, like, Modern Warfare 2. Like, last month, I think. Yeah, it was very, very recently. Um, like, November some point. Obviously, I'd like to have seen COD win this. Um, obviously, you got the thing with the, the voice actress and stuff and the, and the pay that happened with Bayonetta 3. But that aside, um, I don't know how good Bayonetta 3 is, so I can't say... I can't tell you if Bayonetta 3 is a better game than, than COD. I doubt it personally, but I, I haven't played it myself, so... Um, but I know it's a popular game. People really do like that game, so that's very cool. Um, Sifu is a worthy nom- nominee here as well. Um, but sure, I've I've seen some like you know wild action that Bayonetta three does. So um, wor- 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 worthy winner, I suppose, in in that regard. Uh, any thoughts on any games here or this? Game? Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a surprise win, I gotta admit. But huh. given what it was up against, it's. Uh... Not like it had that much competition, so yeah. What was you What was you expecting to win then in in that one? Honestly, I don't really. I'm surprised anything in that category would be considered a winner. So, hmm. Uh, best action adventure game. Um, Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. And the winner was God of War Ragnarok because it's God of War Ragnarok. I I kept thinking throughout the whole show. God of War is just picking up award after award after award. Best performance, best this, best that, best narrative. And I was like, I, I had it in my mind, not even when the awards were announced, but when God of War Ragnarok came out, and I was like, this is going to win Game of the Year. I've had that thought from that point. What was that, November 9th or something? 
um, for like over a month, and I just kept thinking, no, God, God of War is going to win it. Like it's just it, it's too big of a game. People love it, and it's getting like nines and tens everywhere. But uh, it didn't, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, again, I think Plague Tale's a better game than God of War Ragnarok, so I would have gone with that here. Um, Stray's a very good game. Horizon is as well. Uh, neither of us finished Tunic, did we? But um, that kind of feels like the underdog here. Uh, Tunic. I mean, Stray is a bit of an underdog, but is talked more about than what than what Tunic is. Um, but I, I, I'm not surprised that God of War Ragnarok won this category. Any thoughts? Yeah, again, by the by this point it just seemed like this was the uh the award show for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, which I was a bit like can this game not win everything? <laughs> uh I mean, if, I I wonder if you ask the developers, right? If you say to them, "Okay, we're going to strip away apart from maybe Christopher Judge because it's like a, almost a separate award." If you strip away every single award that you won, which was what like 3 or 4, you mm. take all those away, still give Christopher his, because that's like a different element. But you can either have these other three or four awards that you won, or take those away and have the game of the year, which one they would they would prefer. Because um, that's almost like a quality over quantity situation. Like, do you want the best award, which is just game of the year, or do you want not that, but like three other awards, which is like best narrative and action and that sort of stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, best role-playing game, Elden Ring... Live Alive or whatever it's called. Uh, Pokemon Legends something or other. Triangle Strategy. Uh, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Elder Ring is the winner here. Um, I don't think that's a surprise. I've heard some problems with that Pokemon game. Uh, Xenoblade was voted for a lot of stuff but didn't win anything. Uh, Triangle Strategy was here as well. I don't know what the other game is so I- I'm not surprised. Elder Ring took that. Do you agree? Yeah, it's not a surprise because there wasn't really any category, um, any of those other games really even fit into that category, which mm. is kind of more of a telling tale on how little actual role-playing games we've been getting lately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Best fighting game, DNF, Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle Royale, R, uh, King of Fighters, something, Multiverses, and Sifu, and Multiverses win, won that one. I had two horses in this race if you want to call it that multiverses and sifu didn't mind the multiverses one i wanted either that or sifu to win because those are games that i enjoyed and i genuinely do really like those games as well so um that's technically uh if you want to look at it this way so that's a win for kevin conroy in a way you know it's a, it's a batman game that he's in or it's not a batman game it's a warner brothers game that he's in and it won an award which is cool um what do you think of that one yeah um that makes perfect sense um, we did get some fighting game announcements during the game awards, so we're gonna get a new, new Tekken and then a new Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see if they come out this year and if uh, they go up for it. So yeah, best family game: Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Nintendo Switch Sports. How on earth that got nominated? I don't know. Marion Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Splatoon Three. Um, Kirby, I've only played a few hours of, but I really enjoy Lego Star Wars. I really liked. Switch Sports, I think, is an embarrassment. Um, I just, I just, it's just a lifeless, painfully bad imitation of the of the previous games. And uh, Marion Rabbids, I just didn't click with, but I'm gonna try it again. Um, I think Splatoon Three could have won this. Maybe that's quite a popular game. Um, but Kirby won it, which I'm I'm happy for the little guy. He's uh he's he's very cool. So uh, 
yeah, Star Wars didn't win this, which is interesting. Uh, what do you think of that category? Yeah, because when you think family games, you think uh, either games that everybody's going to play or you think a game that is family-friendly you don't have to really worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, so it was either going to be Kirby or Lego, and I'm not surprised Kirby won. Yep. Best Sim Strategy Game, uh, Dune Spice Wars, Marion Rabbids, Total Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, Victoria 3, and Marion Rabbids took that one. Not surprised. Um, I've heard a few things about Two Point Campus. They, I know that David likes those sorts of games. The other ones, I've, I, I wasn't actually aware that that Dune game was was out, which is weird because that's quite a big IP. But not surprised. Mario won that one, so that's good. Any thoughts there? Honestly, I would have rather it either be Victoria Three or Two Point Campus because I consider that more of a sim and a strategy. Uh-huh. The Mario game doesn't really make that much sense, so. Right, right. Uh, I've only got a few more here left. Best eSports racing. I don't have many thoughts, but I'll read them out. FIFA, I almost said FIFA 21. No, F1 22. FIFA 23, GT7, NBA 2K23, Oli Oli World, Gran Turismo 7 1. They did have some controversy at the time about like its microtransactions and whatnot, but um, uh, FIFA doesn't. FIFA kind of like by default, just because it comes out every year, gets nominated for this. Because it would be weird to leave a football game out of best sports game. But, uh, yeah, it, it won it. Which I, I think it would have been between GT7 and, and FIFA 23. Um, what do you think of this one here? Yeah, the only thing that surprises me about that category is that NFL wasn't on there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I would have put that on there instead of, like, the Oli Oli game, maybe. I don't know. Uh, best multiplayer: COD Modern Warfare 2, Multiverse, Splatoon 3, Overwatch 2, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, and the winner is Splatoon 3. Uh, so Call of Duty losing out again. Um, again, Splatoon. I, I think any of these could have really won this. Looking at this category, um, obviously I'd go for COD, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that Splatoon 2, uh, Splatoon 3 won this game. What, what would you What do you think of that one? Yeah, I'm not really surprised as well. Um, Alright, I think I'll leave. Let me just look at view all and see. Um, any other... Um, let's look at best best adaption and most anticipated game, and then we can do game of the year. Um, best adaption, you had Arcane League of Legends, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic 2, and Uncharted. And the winner was Arcane League of Legends. We watched two episodes for a Patreon request uh, a few months ago, which we, we enjoyed those two episodes. I haven't continued with the show since, but I would like to. Um, I was either hoping for... Well, I was basically hoping for anything but Uncharted, because even, even though I do like Uncharted, I really don't like that film. I was fine with anything else winning. Um, my personal choices would have been Sonic 2 and Cyberpunk just because I enjoyed those. But I'm happy for Arcane. People seem to really enjoy that show, which is which is good. What do you think? Yeah, I'm honestly more surprised that uh, either Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Cyberpunk Edgerunners didn't win it. Mm. Um, just because, well, Sonic had the cast, the star power behind it. Obviously, you've got... Uh, Jim Carrey and Idris Elba in Sonic 2. And then Cyberpunk, it didn't really click with me, but I did watch two episodes of it. And if nothing else, I really liked the art style. Mm, um, me too. It was really, really stunning as a 
artistic thing. I just it was one of those shows that I wish I liked more than I did. So, hmm. yeah. Most anticipated game: Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, and Zelda won it. It's called Tears of Kingdom. It's obviously the next game. Not surprised. Um, people have been anticipating this game for well since 2017, really. If we if we look at things, uh, Resident Evil 4 very popular. All these games are pretty much very popular. Obviously, my most anticipated from that is Hogwarts Legacy, but I'm not surprised that uh, Zelda won that one. How about you? Yeah, no real surprise. I mean, the only other one that I would have seen possibly winning it would be Starfield, um, just because that game should have been out and it should have been up for um, some awards and not most anticipated. Um, And we are hopefully going to get it here soon. I'm, I'm still thinking March. Um, but yeah, Legend of Zelda, we don't even have a date on it, so. Mm. Yeah. Alright, the big one. Game of the Year. Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Rise of Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And the winner, to my surprise, was Elden Ring. Not surprised that Elden Ring won Game of the Year, but surprised that God of War didn't, because it was winning everything. Mm-hmm. Um, God of War was kind of doing, um what last of us did in 2020 which was like winning best performer and obviously i enjoyed last of us 2 more than most of these games um i th- i just thought that was gonna happen again like winning best performer and best narrative and best this and that and whatever else and last of us did that in 2020 and uh, last of us part 2 in, in 2020 so ju- just because the way the night was going and God of War was winning everything and i just kind of thought okay i i like cuz i i thought God of War was going to win it before the nominations even came out um just because i I looked at the way that game was spoken about and nines and tens everywhere but then elden ring obviously that was a different point in the year um which was what that was like the february chunk of games elden ring um so i'm not i'm not surprised elden ring won it i just definitely thought god of war was gonna get it um but then if you go back to february everybody was talking about um elden ring at that point so um Interesting that it won it. Very interesting, indeed. Um, what do you think of Elden Ring winning Game of the Year? Yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me because I think it was one of those things to where they had God of War win everything else. So Yeah, yeah. So That's the Game Awards for 2022. Um, and I assume they'll be back next year to do it again. Where there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of games scheduled for like January, February. I can't even remember them all right now, but there's quite a few, which is good but will keep us all very busy um all right let's uh go to some emails and feedback we've got three to finish off the show with um if you would like to write in of course you still can do we will return in the new year and whatnot and obviously we've got other podcasts and stuff uh method entertainment talk.org twitter etalk uk has a contact page information in your show notes email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name with your show notes as well beth writes in and says uh, as someone who has a switch and series x i'm very disappointed with the game awards announcements i understand why um i mean there's a couple of things you know announced for switch you had the uh the bayonetta is it prequel or something like that mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was that looks cool but obviously if you're not into bayonetta then you're not really gonna be bothered about that um zelda is on the way <laughs> suppose it won most anticipated game um i can't think of too many other big big like nintendo announcements but um i am genuinely surprised because when did um 
Odyssey come out? Is that 2018? Because it was what? Launch was Zelda and then the year after was Mario, right? Roughly, I think, yeah. I think so. Um, I'm very surprised we haven't heard about the next 3D Mario game yet. Because we know what's coming up for Zelda. And although we've had like a bunch of... You have like Mario Party and Mario Golf and all these kind of other ones. You haven't had that next big Mario game. And I'm very surprised by that. So, But then you've got the film coming out. But not that that should get in the way of that. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand why you're disappointed. I mean, you're apparently going to get Call of Duty soon. <laughs> but uh, um, obviously that wasn't announced here. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, but... I would understand, you know, if you're a Switch and Series X player, why you'd be disappointed. Yeah, and honestly, with the partnership, it's really just going to be more about uh, Game Pass and indie games. So you look at something like Grounded, something like uh, Hades, something like Dead Cells, games like that that would translate very well, very easily to the Switch. Um, It's not going to be about the Call of Duties, even though they did get uh, um, to run on it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we understand your disappointment, but there's nothing we can really do about that. Uh, Nina says, new here, welcome. Uh, thanks for your game coverage in 2022, again, you're welcome. Uh, you made me think and feel differently about games. Um, that's very cool. Um, that's not necessarily, I mean, I have different goals for different podcasts, you know. Um, it's not always the case that, you know, I will make an episode to try to make you feel differently about something. Um, I mean, we we do have like a recommendation rating system, but as I always say, you know, if I give something a hard skip rating of like, this is terrible, you shouldn't play it or watch it, it doesn't mean I'm telling you like, don't go to the cinema to see this or like, you can't buy this game. You can, you you can still see that film or play that game or watch that show. Um, heck, I mean, there, there might even be a part of certain audience members that think like, oh wow, Matt gave this film hard skip i'll go and watch it and see like see if you think it's as badly as what i I think or you know if i give something a strong must see it's like wow that's like something really incredible and then you go and see the same thing or watch the same thing and see you know uh if you feel the same way and you don't have to you know there's no rule that says you have to um you know feel the same way i do about when i review something um but, uh, I mean, specifically with the Gaming Talk podcast, this is what we talked about at the start. Um, when I'm trying to review certain games, you know, and you've got like something that's got a deeper narrative to it, like a Playtale or a Last of Us or something like that, um, and there's like so many different elements of things, but um, if we broadened your horizons in a certain way, I think, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's good. Um, you know, um, if, if either myself or Robert or Dave or whoever mention something that makes you think oh i didn't think about that thing to do with that or something i think that's that's pretty good so like i said that's not always the goal per se but if it happens and that's that's pretty good um what do you think robert yeah i mean i always like it when uh somebody says oh i never thought about that before Mm. um we talked about that either last week or the week before with about doing interviews um and one of my favorite interview series is uh, first we feast on YouTube, um, because they get increasingly spicier wings, and then they interview people. And the guy oh, that right. runs it, yeah, yeah, the guy that runs it, either has like CIA level contacts or is just psychic <laughs> because he's always asking questions. What he said, and somebody invariably says, "I've never thought about that," 
I've never heard that question asked before. And they always get this look of joy on their face, even though they're damn near dying from insane hot wings. They're like, this is a question. And I've been through a million interviews that I've never been asked before. And they're, they're never happier when they get to either answer a question that they've never been asked before or they've always wanted to talk about but never got asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually see compilations of it. There's like six 20-minute compilations from all his various interviews. Mm-hmm. And the only other, other consistent thing is somebody's like, how the hell do you know that? Like three people know that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I'll have the same experience sometimes with other uh, content creators where they say they say something about a show or a film or a game like an element of it or like a part of it or something um and i'll go oh yeah I'm, you know that's that's kind of made me think a bit differently about that element or, or whatever i think that's always quite cool so hope you stick around and uh experience that more if 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 that's something that can happen and lastly harrison writes in says cheers for 2022 you're welcome i bet matt freaked out when crush was announced uh what did you also think when the last of us was on stage uh, as i kind of said earlier i didn't really free i mean it was nice to see crash don't get me wrong it's always nice to see crash bandicoot but we had just known like okay th- this this game is surely in development you know whether it's called Wumper league or what whatever it's called a new party game is clearly in development and I think it's for me from the moment when um, you know they they got the influencers got sent out um, the Wampa fruit. Uh, it's like a pinata Wampa fruit thing, and you smash it open, you get you know sweets and whatever. Um, and then it was like, oh, the game awards are like right around the corner. It surely would be announced there. And then it was, I think it was when Jeff Keighley said like, hey, because of the Activision thing, I'm not having Activision games games in my show, which that's his choice, it's his show. And that's the moment where I thought, like, ah, I think if that was going to happen, we would have got that announcement then. I don't know that. That's just me, you know, tracking what's happened, guessing what's happened, and uh, just just trying to follow what's going on. Um, it was great to see him. We just knew the game was... I mean, Crash 4 was more of a surprise, because even though there was like, oh, you could make a Crash 4, the Insane Trilogy did pretty well, that was one that, like, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, which we we were more surprised about because for, for the Crash community, and I know you don't sort of you know follow all that on Twitter and everything. It's literally been an entire year of like, hmm, Activision did this, Activision did that, Activision updated this thing or that thing, and I don't look into it as deeply as that. I just follow the conversation, and it was like, oh, um, that one of the Crash Bandicoot games ended up on PC. Now that that's out the way, can they announce Wampa League or whatever? Um, or like the Crash account tweeted some like random image of Crash Bandicoot for no particular reason whatsoever it was like okay something's going on like something's going on uh but it was cool it's still cool I'm just more excited now about okay what's actually in this game like what are the different party modes and stuff and does it have an adventure mode that's important as well so um because even though you can do the online racing and crash team racing if you're not a multiplayer person there's still the adventure mode which has got a pretty good story and stuff so yeah um, was you yourself surprised to see Crash there at all? Uh, not really. Like you said before, they probably meant to do it um, last year, but uh, they had to get they had to get out there sooner or later. So might as well just do it at that. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is me guessing, speculating. I don't know. I think what's going to happen now is this game comes out, and and I think. I don't think... You know when we talked the other day about um, that job listing from Toys for Bob? And it was like Engineer and whatever else. And there was the background image of Spyro. 
I do think we're going to get a Sparrow 4. Again, I don't know that. I don't work for Toys for Bob. I'm, ju- I'm just following what's going on. And, like, I, I think... Because I remember a few years ago when I guessed. And I said, hey, I think every other year you're going to get a Crash game, then a Sparrow game, then a Crash game, then a Sparrow game. And then maybe, like, an off year where uh, you get what's called like a crossover game and then I also thought within that rotation you might get a Tony Hawk game which again I think was supposed to happen because the 3 and 4 remaster was supposed to be made so I think that was supposed to be in rotation I think all of that was and again I don't know that don't work for them and I've said that a bunch of times already I'm just following what's like happening I think you were supposed to get a rotation of Tony Hawk Sparrow and Crash I don't know specifically what order but there's there's too many sort of like Sparrow 4 could happen, Tony Hawk's Remaster 3 and 4 could happen, Crash 5 could happen, Wompoli could happen. There's too many possibilities of games that make sense. And then Activision just went and screwed everything up. Um, And I don't want to blame COD for this specifically. I do still think Warzone was part of some of the problem. Um, Because there, there, there was just way too many things that got moved around. And it's... For all of that to have lined up the way it has in both my head and other Crash fans' heads and Sparrow fans' heads, I don't think it's a coincidence that the way that it's all happened. Um, and I don't, I don't think it was just oh this game is going to be announced last year at the Game Awards and that's the only place. I think within the last year, um, the last calendar year, I think it was supposed to. But it's here now, which is good. Um, my prediction for what happens next is I think that the next game from Toys for Bob will be the Spyro game. I think that will be Sparrow... F- I think it's supposed to be Sparrow 4. After that, um, you could then get either a Crash 5 or if Activision... And it depends. There's so many like variables here as well. It depends what happens with the acquisition. Obviously, that's a huge, huge thing. And you've got the lawsuit that's happened and all this kind of stuff. So, um, it's not necessarily going to happen the way that I fully predict because it already hasn't. But again, Activision got in the way of everything. Um, so, I think the next couple of games you're going to see is this game... So Crash Team Rumble, then Spyro 4, then either a Crash 5, or if they can recover, I, I don't know if they like erased the development of the four and three, 3 and 4 remaster for Tony Hawk. I think something with Tony Hawk, because you can't just leave that IP dormant, because we saw what happened there before, with, what was it, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, that really buggy, crappy game that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you that don't tanked want that, hard. You, yeah, you don't want that to happen. That was just to keep the license. Um, that'd be my prediction. Don't know if it will happen. If it doesn't, don't blame me. I'm just a fan, you know, trying to guess and predict what's going on. Um, so yeah. We'll, and we'll... that's not exclusive to games either. That's why, uh, they kept making those terrible Fantastic Four movies so they could keep the license. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those things just happen. You know, sometimes it's just, hey, we're going to lose the IP license. We need to just put something out. Um, that was why Tony Hawk's 5, that was why Tony Hawk's 5 was the state it was in. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would hate for some of the developers on that team to be like, Hey, don't, don't worry about how good this game is. You just need to just put something out that will be passable. Um, like pass whatever regulations we We just need to put something out and you have to actually work on that. So that would be, that would be difficult. Um, and yeah, it was great to see Last of Us on the stage, you know, um, I didn't expect any specific announcements. I think for, for the Last of Us at the moment, part one's come out, you know, it's done really well. The PC version's coming out. The TV show's just about to happen. So, even though I do think we'll see another game from The Last of Us, whether it be Part 3 or a DLC or whatever, I think for The Last of Us at the moment, it's like, cool, you know, 
you got these two actors, Bella, and you've got Pedro, and then you've obviously got you know Ashley, and you've got Troy. Put them all out on stage. Part one remaster, third, third, twenty-three. Uh, then all, all you need to do now, you you don't even need to talk about the games for for a good few months. Let the TV show just breathe now, and just just you don't need to say anything else at the moment. Um, let the TV show breathe, let it air its first season, then put part one out on PC, and then go from there. But by the time all that's happened, it will be, you know, the summer. So, um, just let all that happen. Anyway, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, Robert, thanks for joining me for all these episodes this year, and for, uh, talking all things games with me. Thanks everybody who's, uh, supported us, listened to us this year. Uh, we'll be back next year, of course, with more stuff. Talk about what we've played over the holidays and whatnot. Because um, even with games like Midnight Suns and Custer Protocol, I've not even started them yet. So, I don't even have them yet. So, look out for all that. Other game reviews, other things and whatnot. Um, you enjoyed doing this this year, Robert? Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Cool. Nice. Uh, so, we'll be back next year to do more of it. I'll figure out a date later for when me and Robert come back. Um, so yeah, thanks for all for joining us, for writing and supporting us and what we do. We uh, we enjoy doing it and we enjoy uh, being supported for it as well. So anyway, if you would like to support us, Entertainment Talk, in other ways, of course, you can check out our other podcasts. Excuse me, TV, games, films, main night podcast, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. For all that, uh, Patreon, the $5, $10 level tiers for the free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well. If you'd like to, if you can't support us over on Patreon, which is okay, uh, you can also support us through other ways, which is just simply telling other people about what we do. Just tell people about the podcast we make. It's, it's simple as that, really. Uh, if you want to do it in other ways, of course, cool. social media, lots of different platforms out there as well. Uh, tell people on those platforms about what we're doing and the different podcasts. TV and film news, if you want to know what's going on in the other medium, of course, TV and film news. Uh, the Geek Town Awards are live as well. If there's any uh, games you want to vote for, games that are on the list for the best of the year, uh, your most anticipated game, most anticipated TV show, film, best film, best TV shows in different categories, tons of different ones of those. Uh, if you go to geektown.co.uk for slash awards or just type in Geek Town Awards, I'm sure you'll find it that way. There's also an accompanying podcast for that where myself, David and Gray discuss the nominations because we, us three, nominated all those things but then you go and vote you can also win some cool stuff as well uh so go over to the website vote for the different categories put in your i think it's your email or something like that and uh you can be entered into the prize draw for that so good luck and go and vote over there uh, and of course tv and film news journals cancellations pickups air dates check out all of that as well um bex is over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s uh, if you want to see somebody play stray she did that recently as well um obviously best indie game for the year so go and check out all that uh, but bex trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch and other platforms as well retro chat and game streams she's very good at what she does so go and support her over there for me on twitch as well etalk uk entertainment talk plays over on youtube just follow all my stuff over there all the gaming stuff for all that thanks very much for listening and we'll see you either on the next podcast or next year whenever thanks very much for listening have a good holidays and whatever and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye